The Joker by Scott Leopold, Chapter 31 It hasn't been a good morning for me. Asleep, I am bombarded with nightmares. Awake, I feel nothing but doubt, fear, and anxiety. I'm restless like a caged bird that flutters its wings, hoping to free itself. Amanda has sensed my mood. I can tell she desperately wants to help me find the truth, which has caused her to push me out of my comfort zone asking me questions about the night someone murdered my family. When she came to see me this morning, she skipped the small talk and went right into her inquisition. Jack, I read your journals. I have to say it's not what I was expecting. In fact, some of it was disturbing. What did you expect, I replied. You have such an innocent smile. I can't imagine you doing the things you wrote about, Amanda murmured. We all have a dark side to us, I replied. Be careful, Jack. I know I'm messed up, but I'm not bad. I'm just a good person that had bad stuff happen to them. Amanda's eyes became sad. She quickly changed the subject. I would like to talk to you about what happened the night your family was... I quickly interrupted. Do you think I killed my family? Caught off guard, Amanda remained silent. I could tell she was unsure. Jack, it doesn't matter what I think. It only matters what I can prove. We found no evidence that anyone else was in the house. Statistically, most people murdered in their home are killed by someone close to them. The only thing preventing us from charging you with the murders is the fact we found you tied to a chair when we arrived at the house, she added. I told you, I faintly remember being tied to the chair and I had been having flashbacks of Brooke being shot. Then it's all blank. I don't know why I can't remember. I slapped my face repeatedly. Amanda grabbed my arm. Jack, you need to keep it together. We are so close to knowing what really happened. I need to ask you some tough questions to see if we can unlock your memory. You may not like what we uncover, but it will be the truth. Is that okay? She asked. Yes, I replied. We interviewed your sister-in-law. She is ready to testify that you were threatening Brooke. She told us that Brooke said you lost your temper and that she was afraid of you. Is that true, Jack? I lost my temper sometimes, but Brooke wasn't afraid of me. Fuck, she got off on pushing my buttons. Can you tell me about the problems you and Brooke were having? Amanda asked. Brooke became distant over time. I don't know why. At first, I thought she was having an affair. I confronted her about it, and she denied it. I stopped and swallowed hard. I begged her to tell me what had changed between us. She had a litany of excuses, like how I never held her hand anymore, how she wanted to work, but I wanted her to care for her children. When I told her I thought she cared more about teaching other people's kids than our own, she lost it and hit me. I wanted our kids to have a mother at home. What's wrong with that? I continued. Brooke's complaints went from silly to crazy. She thought the devil possessed me. Was there more? Amanda prodded. All right, she cheated on me. Is that what you want to hear? She said she was depressed and that I was the reason. When I pressed her, I stopped and looked down, took a deep breath and blew it out. Brooke told me she no longer was in love with me. What I heard was that she no longer loved me. She tried to tell me how you can love someone but not be in love with them. I told her that was bullshit. You either love someone or you don't. Amanda wrote in her notebook as I continued to talk. 
I was lonely. I couldn't eat or sleep for weeks. I thought about my mother and how she too struggled to love me. Maybe I'm unlovable. I don't know. What will you do if you're released? Amanda asked. I'm going to move far away from Indiana. What are you running from? Amanda questioned. I'm not running from anything. Then why would you leave, Jack? Because I need a new start. I need to be somewhere that doesn't constantly remind me of what happened, I replied. All you're doing is running from yourself, and that's the one thing you can never get away from, Jack, Amanda then continued. When you were a kid, you told me that all you did was run away. Maybe not physically, but you ran away in your mind, just like now. What's wrong with that, I replied. Sometimes nothing. I read books to run away. When I was a little girl and bad things were happening to me, I read to escape, just like I do now. Everyone needs to escape sometimes. Then you and I aren't different at all, I replied. No, we aren't, Amanda started. What are you so afraid of, Jack? I'm afraid of the dark side in me. I'm afraid it will control me. I'm afraid I will do terrible things, I replied. Like what? Amanda asked. There's a deep sadness in me and a lot of anger. It's so hard to suppress. What do you think triggers it? She asked. I don't know, I replied. Maybe it's your memories. Maybe. I'm not sure. All I know is I struggle to control it. Do you think you have the capacity to kill someone? Even your own family? Amanda asked, her eyes growing wide. I wasn't about to answer that question. I had secretly fantasized about killing people my whole life. But I could never tell her. She would hate me, and right now I needed her. Did you kill your family, Jack? Amanda asked, noticing my reluctance to answer the question. What? I yelled. There's no other explanation. But how did you tie yourself to the chair? She replied. I didn't kill my family, I screamed. Brooke filed for divorce and wanted to take your kids from you. Everything you worked so hard to build collapsed in on itself. So you snapped. You killed your wife and then your kids. I was so angry I lost it. Getting up in her face, I yelled, I did not kill my family! Amanda glared at me. She saw the truth in my eyes. Am I being charged with murder? I asked. You're protecting her, she murmured. She then leaned in and kissed me. It wasn't a I feel your pain kiss either. It was an I have wanted to kiss you ever since the day we met kiss. Amanda pulled away slowly and opened her eyes. On her innocent face, her emotions were not easily hidden. Her sadness was evident in the wrinkles on her face. But her eyes, her eyes showed life. They were a deep pool of restless blue, a sea of hopeless grief. As I looked into her eyes, I knew all the beauty of the universe could not compare with the one simple thing I saw, compassion. Compassion turned her eyes into rings of the brightest fire, and in them I read clearly that she would fight to the very last breath of her life to save me. Jack, we are releasing you from the hospital. I don't know what will happen next, but you need to get some help. There's a lot of pain 
in you that needs to work its way out in therapy. Otherwise, it will release itself in another way, a bad way. I am very concerned about you. And just like that, they released me from the hospital.